If you want to become financially independent, come to my seminar. Let me show you how to make the fortune you have always dreamed about. Ready? Go! What happens if you are named in Nelson Rockefeller's will? You get rich quick. Stand on the line, turn the game again. Everybody's gonna lose, and I'm gonna win. Gonna get rich quick. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel, right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Yeah. How does my voice sound? It sounds, uh, you know, a little husky, a little it, fucked up, a little husky. Um. Anyway, this is a show where I, Josh Rubin, and I, Noel Deneen, come together once a week over a single topic, and from that topic springs a plethora of brilliant ideas on how to get. Insanely rich. Insanely quickly. We don't ask for any money up front. Nope. We give these things to you out of the kindness of our own heart. We bless you with our genius. Wow. That's wow. Right. That's yeah, right. that's what we do. Um, We're not like these YouTube sensations who try to get you to come to their seminars and then <coughs> have a, a ladder that they try to push you through. Oh, you don't get this. Uh, you need to go to level two, and Mm-mm. that's going to cost you an additional $10,000. And what, level two's not working for you? Well, then you must need to go to level three. Yeah. It's multi-level marketing in a ballroom. Yeah. It's terrible. It's garbage. Have no. you ever been to one? Maybe uh, it's awesome. No, I've never been to one of those. We may my, be missing out. My mother was into Est. Okay. Many moons ago. Sure. And when and she did the whole program and I had to go to the graduation. Uh-huh. And uh at the graduation it was a 5-hour program and you were not allowed to leave to go to the bathroom. Ooh. It was insane. It was ridiculous. That's the biggest thing I remember from it. That and Peter Weller was, they used to do things, S used to pay celebrities. Mm-hmm. It goes by a different name now. And it got very popular again under this different name for a while. And then everyone was like, wait, this is S. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I can't think of the name. Um, and uh, Peter Weller was the, the the famous person. But they wouldn't tell people that they were paying him. It was as if the person, the famous person would go through the program with a group as if they were just there to learn the process. You know what I mean? The S process. Yeah. And my mother would come back and be like, Peter Weller's in my group, and he's so lovely. He's such a good man. And then, and then he, came, he got up, and they had him do like the... Uh, keynote speech or whatever he was like the valedictorian mm-hmm. and she was listening to him and she got very upset and i was like what's wrong he says that speech was so false he came across so much more genuine when we did the program and now he just sounds like any other asshole okay and i was like whoa mom that was heavy yeah she was very disillusioned by that i don't know if she, f- she still uses her s training for anything What's the thing now called? It's like called like the Academy or something like that. It's, yeah, it's I, some I name keep, like I that. I keep want to say. It's, uh, hold on, uh, I gotta look it up. Okay, because it's something like that. All and right. It, it was very popular, early two thousands maybe, late nineties, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, mm, 
Anyway, we are not like that. Uh, we're different. We don't sell you these programs. We, every week, get a suggestion from that suggestion. <laughs> right. Anyway, guys, so we're not any one-size-fits-all operation. Uh-huh. We come up with these ideas from different topics because, hey, yeah. you guys out there find things that jibe with you. Mm-hmm. You know, one guy may be interested in bounty hunting while his best friend wants nothing to do with bounty hunting and is interested in vampires, which you could look up in our archive and find both of those things. Mm-hmm. You take those ideas because here's the thing. This is the thing. You should never... Make a career no. out of something you don't love. Yeah. So we try to pick everything. I mean, we go so deep. Yeah. We go so deep. We hand pick. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess you type it with your hand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we go so deep with our choice. I mean, we can, we get we get pretty like, let's think of something, beards. Mm-hmm. Beards, come on. Who's going to think of ways, I mean... The only way people think about getting rich with beards is like creams and unguents. Yeah, not uh, us. No, we went no. further than that. Yeah. But anyway, that's my point, guys. We give it to you. You take them. You action them. You love what you do. You get insanely rich. Your life becomes perfect all because of us. Yeah. We don't ask for any money up front. No. What do we do? What do we ask for, though, Noel? All we ask is that you, after you're rich, after you're sitting there and you say to yourself, hey... I didn't get there by myself, and I didn't have to pay some membership fee, some fee for classes, a multi-levels. This isn't one, like, landmark. Landmark. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. But I do owe them something because they gave me the fruit from which I grew this tree I owe them 10% of everything I made after I got rich. I need to tithe them. That's the deal, MoFlows. MoFlows. Get on the train or get off. Pretty simple and straightforward. Simple, straightforward. Boom, boom, boom. One Uh, rule. Yeah. One rule to rule them all. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, Noel. Yeah. I haven't seen you in a week. You have not. How have you been? I've been pretty good. Uh, before I get into my thing, uh-huh. I just want to say, yeah, I walked here after work, uh-huh. right? Uh, and I work in Midtown, and I was walking and going down the street, and one of these big office buildings, there was an office moving out, and there was just a garbage truck pulled there that they were dumping chairs into, mm-hmm. entire file cabinets, metal yeah, file cabinets. Yeah. It's like there's some Enron going on right now. There is a a company <clears throat> disappearing itself. I've seen that before though. I feel like sometimes when places move to new digs, mm-hmm. they get all new stuff. Especially if they're a company. So like it, it was the row of file cabinets that, that really Right. Was the fi- did the file me. cabinets have stuff in them? I don't know. Mm, they that were closed. Thing to do, try to open them. They weren't just shelves; they were cabinets. There was a, a so the uh, tech company that I do massage for. Mm-hmm. They had a, a space that was too big for them. They thought they were going to expand quicker than they did, and so they had this whole section that they sublet out 
mm-hmm. to another company. All right. When that company got bought up recently, they basically had to everything that they had there. Yeah. They had to leave behind, including their computers and the whole thing, and start fresh in new digs uh, under this new company that right. they were they were swallowed up by. So I, I used to know. work at a company that uh, bought Enron after they went up. Uh-huh. And uh, I was in IT then, and we got all this equipment in, and we had to spend a day with a razor blade scraping off all the Enron wow. labels on everything. <laughs> and then bring it back out and be bring like... Bring it back out and put it back on the floors. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I was thinking about something. What were you thinking about? So I, when I used to live in Chicago... Uh-huh. Uh the pride parade went like a block from me. Mhm. And I I get a little skittish in crowds sometimes. Uh it, they get a bit much for me, but I would go down and watch a little bit of it for a while usually uh until I was like all right, too crowded, I got to go, right. right? Um so one time I went down and I was watching a little bit and it was so Right where it was, it was like I, I used to live at basically Clark and Belmont in Chicago. Well, so that is it's like a meeting of all these worlds smashed <clears throat> together right there, right? Um, so like uh Boys Town, which is what they call the gay neighborhood, mm-hmm. uh that's like the heart of it. Mm-hmm. Uh in Wrigleyville, you're kind of you, Wrigley feels like four blocks away. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's kind of like an alternative scene right there, almost like St. Mark's all right there. Like it, that corner is kind of a, a big meeting of worlds. Gotcha. Uh, but so incredibly crowded and floats are coming by and there's a fire truck in the parade and it's lights are going and everyone's like on the street, like all these people are just like, yeah, fire truck, or, you know, basically, right? <laughs> and as this thing comes closer, you see the driver of the truck is in full panic. And he's slamming his <laughs> horn and just like, get out of the way, get out of the way. And everyone's just like, woo, fire truck. And for some reason, I don't know why this fire truck thought this was the best route to wherever it was going. He's an idiot. He's a fucking numbskull. <laughs> but it was trying to get to a, some sort of emergency. Uh-huh. and By no, driving through the gay by pride parade. Driving f- along the parade route. Yeah. Uh, literally driving in the gay literally pride parade. Literally driving in the in parade. The third largest city in the country. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. That's brilliant. I know. That's brilliant. It was ridiculous. I wonder I want he must have eaten so much shit when he got back to the firehouse. Well, maybe there's a fire on that street before the next street, you know. <clears throat> but wouldn't everyone sort of know that? I don't know. They would have been like, "Oh, there's a fire. We can smell it. We can see it. I we would can think, feel the heat." I would think that, right? You would yeah. think. Yeah. Some he, people would think. He was going he took a wrong turn. <laughs> He took a wrong turn. I think I told the story about when we were in Tangier, uh-huh. and we decided we were going to go to this uh, <clears throat> this town that was about a forty-five minute drive 
I did I did because it was Deb had had the yes. worst shits. Yeah, in yeah, it. yeah. But the thing was when we were looking for parking, there was this big uh market day going on uh-huh. where all the uh I think they're Berbers, um come down from the mountains once a month and go to this marketplace uh-huh. and buy like everything for the month. They buy uh clothing and you know, so it's like this giant street market going on. We had no idea what we were getting into. And we're looking for parking. We're driving around. It's impossible to find parking. We don't even realize it, but we're getting deeper and deeper into the thing. And then at one point, we're literally in the marketplace. <laughs> and people are just like walking around us. Oh. You know what I mean? Like like we're just the stone in the river. Yeah. And it just flows around us and then come. And so at and one point. Driving. Yeah, I'm driving. Oh. I'm driving and I'm literally at points doing like half a mile an hour kind of thing you know and i can't honk because uh-huh. people are sort of walking towards us and looking at us and walking around yeah, us yeah 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 and then this guy comes running out of nowhere and going like going habibi 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 you're american you're american you're american you're american and we're like yeah we're american he says i'm tour guide i take you i take you take i take you where you want to go uh-huh. and he just opened the door and jumped into the car and we were like, what the fuck is going on yeah. here? And literally the two people, our friends who were in the back, just started pushing him out of the car and Whoa. kicked him out of the fucking car. No one told him to get in. Yeah. We didn't. We were just like, leave us alone. Yeah. And he was like, no, 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 I help. And he just got in the car. It was crazy. Eventually, like it took us like 40 minutes to go one block. And okay. then we were able to turn and, and go up. It was insane. Okay. Anyway, you no. You made it. Um. What's interesting about that story, as uh-huh. all the stories you tell, for yeah. some reason, uh, randomly, uh-huh. these random stories you tell. Yeah, completely it, random. It uh, lines right up with our topic today. I, I, yeah, I guess it does. Because that truck was held up by a giant crowd of people. That's right. And today's topic is? Today's topic is crowds, how to get rich with them, how to mob your way to the top. Crowds. How are we going to get rich? Yeah, you, you you really gave it a I, la- I was, you I gave was, it a laugh break there <laughs> and there was no laugh forthcoming. <laughs> oh, it was you should have heard the masses out there. They're just like <sighs> Oh, you did it you did it for the potential people that are laughing I at home. I gave you a spot to be able to comment. I had no comment. I, I obviously Clearly. not. I left you a spot yeah, though. I don't know why. <laughs> Anyway, no. Anyway, crowds. How are we going to get rich with them? I'm going to tell you right now. So, you know, a lot of people fear crowds. Crowds tend to behave differently than the individuals within would otherwise, right? Uh, <clears throat> late 19th century saw a lot of research into crowd psychology because of the widespread concern of rioting. The biggest of which of this research was Gustave Le Bon, he wrote a book called The Crowd, A Study of the Popular Mind in 1895. That sounds like a uh, horror film title. Yeah. The Crowd. The Crowd. It's like The Purge, Mm -hmm. but more crowded. The Fog. (laughs) The Fog. When the fog meets the crowd. Yo. Don't want to be there. So uh, he said that people who become part of a crowd lose almost all of their individuality, autonomy, personal judgment, and morality. They get caught up in the crowd's collective and often 
irrational influence. It allows crowds to commit acts of destruction, violence, and cruelty, which individually none would contemplate. Dictators such as Hitler and Mussolini harnessed the ability to manipulate crowd psychology to horrific effect. They were iconoclasts who seized control of crowds and groupthink, harnessed the unruly mobs. But not everyone out there views crowds this way, right? Aristotle first wrote about the wisdom of the crowd. Uh, He said it is possible that the many, though not individually good men, yet when they come together, may be better, not individually, but collectively. Classic case of the wisdom of the crowd. At a 1906 fair, 800 people participated in a contest to estimate the weight of a slaughtered ox. uh, Statistician Francis Galton noted that the median guess was within 1% of the true weight of the ox. Lots and lots of supporting experiments show that a, a crowd's great at knowing things that, when the average of I that is taken. I didn't understand why the, the fact that it was a crowd made any difference whatsoever. Because you, you're not taking any one guess. You're averaging all the guesses. Oh, I you're, see. You're okay. taking the mean of the guesses, yeah. and that is within 1%. <clears throat> gotcha. Uh, and that's been repeated, 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 and it is eerily uh, accurate. Uh, further experiments have proven that crowds are also good at solving much more <clears throat> complex problems. So the thing I saw had all these different types of things that they were uh, having crowds solve. Um, one was something like, find the fastest route that hits all ten of these locations. Um, and then just like random trivia like what year was electricity invented and things like that, right? Or d- discovered. Um, so in recent years, the business community has seized this idea and has run with it. Um, MIT recently added a new concept to this wisdom of the crowd, Uh, a concept they called surprisingly popular. And they asked people their guess on something. And then they asked them, so give your guess and also give what you think most people will say. And if you take the average difference between the two answers, it reduced individual error by up to 24%. So this... Crowd think, which was already within 1%, you've now made 24% more accurate. Uh, this idea was built upon by others with the concept <coughs> called the crowd within. Are you, am I? I'm listening. Oh, okay. Uh, so people were much more accurate when they answered the same problem more than once, right? Um, Their average drastically improved the accuracy of the answer. So uh, they would ask you, 
a question. Uh huh. Any anything, right? Right. How how far from here is uh, Dublin? Okay. And then they'd say, "Okay, give me another answer. How far is here from Dublin?" Uh-huh. Uh, right. Um, and they use different strategies built in there t- on that second guess to make it even more accurate, right? So one uh, study made the second guess had to be based on a different premise than your first guess. Okay. Right? So so the first time you thought, oh, well, I know it's this far from here to Chicago, and I think right. Dublin's okay. this much further. Gotcha. Second one, you couldn't use that same logic. Oh, okay. You had to use a whole, whole different logic, right? Uh-huh. Um, <coughs> Uh, so they did all these different tweaks of the methodology of making you be your own crowd guessing at something. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one that they made people do was to weight different lengths between guesses. So how far is it from here to Dublin? Great. How far is it from here to Dublin? And you tell me again. Uh, but it was more accurate if how far is it from here to Dublin? Great. And then two weeks later, I come up to you and I say, hey, Josh, how far is it from here to Dublin? Uh-huh. It's because it was better <clears throat> if you didn't remember your previous answer right. or why you came up with mm-hmm. it, right? Uh, so they noticed this, and they started testing this on people with bad memory. And so was the second answer the better answer, or was it no, a mean thing? It, did they aggregate? The mean. And, you okay. take the average right. of the answers. Uh, so, uh, then they started asking people with bad memories, so they didn't have to wait two weeks. You could just ask the person right after, and that's me. That was just as good as waiting two weeks. Mm-hmm. So the worst memory actually made them better at doing this. Um. So, what we're gonna do is we're gonna get people with the inability to form new memories. Right. Uh, uh-huh. I looked them up like memento. Mm-hmm. Right. And usually this is caused by damage to the hypothalamus. Um, well, we're not going to say where you get yours from. Oh, maybe okay. help that out somehow. I don't know. Uh-huh. But this is what you, that's what you're going to get. OK. Uh, and I did a lot of reading up on these people. Uh, there's a lot of research that goes into people like this because it fascinates scientists. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even the worst cases of this, they can still learn things through sheer repetition but can't remember how they know. Oh, or even really? often that they know. Huh. Uh, but they just know these things right. that are repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated to them. Um, so you're going to teach them the best system for harnessing their own inner crowd to and then teach them how to average that and give their accurate answer. And then one day soon, you know what's going to happen soon, when hackers (coughs) or North Korea or some country takes down our communications and our power grid in a lasting way, eventually this is all going to go away, right? You'll be sitting around a fire telling tales about old Josh and Noel. We may be made into gods by then, yeah, right? Probably. Um, but when that day comes, <clears throat> the government 
they'll have some generator and some computers that mm-hmm. run, but the average person won't, right? And the average person will no longer have the comfort of their phone they can pull out at any time and say, yeah, I wonder how far is it from here to Dublin? I wonder, mm-hmm. I've got to make 10 stops <clears throat> today. How can I get there the best? What's mm-hmm. the best route? No Google. No Google. Uh, what what What's the circumference of the sun? Mm-hmm. All these trivia, math questions, routing questions, all this type of stuff, you're going to have your own personal uh, inner crowd. They'll be your own iPhone, basically. Right. You'll have you'll have a, a human Siri or Google. Yeah. So standing right there. Standing right there, going around with you everywhere you go, and I'll just say, hey, Josh, how far is it from Dublin? And you'll... And keep forgetting, keep forgetting, keep forgetting, keep right. forgetting, keep forgetting, and then it, knowing the whole time that you're averaging these all up, and then you'll just go blah, blah, and it'll be within like a quarter of a percent correct. Yeah, um, I mean it's a great idea. And then the other thing is, you know, all these parents, these poor parents, are going to be selling off their kids to have their hypothalamus glands mm-hmm. uh, removed. Maybe or that's damaged. what's going to happen. No one knows. Well, I mean, you know, in we don't judge. No, it, we don't judge at all. This is a judge-free zone, unlike Landmark. Uh. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're creating, you know, you're creating a better community. Yeah, with that as well. Yeah, that's a good one, though. Mm-hmm. I like it. Human Google slaves, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they just got to follow you around everywhere you go. They follow you around. Right. They don't, but they don't remember no. anything. You have them on a leash or something, so they don't walk away. You have them on a leash. Yeah, and oh, and you can sell different leashes, just like the like watch straps. Uh huh. Just like Apple sells these <laughs> go, ridiculous right. price uh-huh. watch straps, you all the money's in the leashes. And you could choose just like people have their favorite voice for Siri uh-huh. or Alexa or something yeah. like that. You could choose the British guy yeah. or the Australian guy, yeah. whatever you want. Yeah. Hey man. Dublin. Yeah, eventually you can be like, I'm so fucking tired of this guy's voice. And you could swap with your friend down the street. You could. They wouldn't Uh remember. No. What? They don't remember anything. They don't remember anything. All they know how to do is 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 just work it out in their brains. Mm Mm-hmm. No, that's a great idea. There's nothing inhuman about that at all. No. No, it's brilliant. Well, we're talking about society kind of crumbling a little Collapsing. bit, right? But I like to that. Each their own. I like that, that when society crumbles, yeah, and it gets to the point that it's awful and has crumbled, yeah. That there will will still be like, oh, I miss the old days when we had yeah. our iPhone and could have every stupid trivial question yeah. answered what for us. What state was Tom Petty born in? Yeah, right. Exactly, Florida. I'm one of those people. You're one of those. Yeah. Or it's a good way to keep the elderly. Uh, you could do that, too. To keep the elderly. They're not as quick as averaging, though, on things. Okay. You, but you're right. You're right. You could. <clears throat> It'd be a great thing for dementia. Yeah. And you just clear out, you know, they, they've, they're they being taken care of. Mm-hmm. They're obviously, no one's letting them just roam around need you know willy-nilly they're on a leash Mm -hmm. they're being taken everywhere yeah i mean my dog if i took my dog everywhere my dog would be ecstatic yeah i would think an old person would be ecstatic to be taken everywhere with their owner as well yeah maybe leash yeah solid idea man i like it (laughs) so no when i think of crowds 
one of the first things I think of is crowdsourcing. Okay. Which is a big thing these days. Big. I don't know if you've heard of the website Quora. Yes. Right. Quora, for those that don't know, is a question and answer website where questions are asked and then they are put out there uh, to be answered and edited by members of the Quora site, meaning random everyday internet users like you and me can answer any question we feel we have the answer to. Yep. Or often they seem to answer saying, oh, I've never heard of that. I've not seen that. Oh, really? Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I've seen that many it's, times. It's like the Amazon reviews. Yes. <laughs> uh, Yahoo answers as well. Mm-hmm. You'll see all these people and they'll be like, you know, my dog is a flu. What do I do? And there'll be all these people saying like, huh, I didn't realize dogs get flu. <laughs> or other people will be like, I don't know. But my dog broke its leg once and I got it a cast and like <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. Anyway. When when I'm on Quora, it's like they just like the best answer is the first one. Okay. You know what I mean? Like it seems like what would do be the best answer. Do they get ranked answer. and go up the list or something? I don't know. You know, I've they tried do. scrolling down looking for multiple answers to a question and it's I don't necessarily find them. Oh. Sometimes there'll be like three or four. Okay. Um but anyway, Quora is huge. Yeah. Quora? Is it? Yeah. In uh, 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 September of 2018, Quora reported that it was receiving 300 million unique visitors every month. What? Uh, uh, while uh, Twitter, 326 million. What? Yeah. That's crazy to me. Quora is big deal. Wow. People love to answer, edit, look at responses to Mm -hmm. questions that people who aren't necessarily experts are giving. Uh They trust that more. Okay? Uh, Quora, as of uh, May 2019, so Quora started in, was put out in the public in June of 2010. In slightly less than nine years, Mm Mm-hmm. It is now valued at $2 billion. Wow. That's a lot of money. When you get the people involved, they're going to make you rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? Now, have you seen the hot new Netflix show, Diagnosis? Nope. So Diagnosis is a show that is based on a column. It's done in conjunction with the New York Times, and it's based on a column in the New York Times where uh, this woman who was a journalist and decided to become a doctor uh, approached the New York Times about doing a column in the Sunday in the, in the magazine section mm-hmm. where she takes a, uh, uh, someone's case that has not been correctly diagnosed for years and years and years that just seems like they're not getting the answers they want, mm-hmm. that the doctors they're dealing with, no matter how good or great they are, don't seem to have the answers for them. <clears throat> then she writes about it, puts it out there, and then anyone who reads the article can go into the portal. Oh, cool. And give their idea. So like, you know, and and so in the television show, in the Netflix show, they do sort of a background of the person, they talk to the person very reality show style. Um <clears throat> then she talks about how she wrote the article. Then they do this whole thing of like the crowd sourcing coming in. She refers to it as the crowd. 
comes in and then they sort of go through a lot of really quick videos that people send. You'll have like Marsha from HR uh-huh. in Arizona. This sounds just like what my son had. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and stuff like that. And they go through all of that. And then she, the doctor lady, aggregates the ones that she thinks are most likely. Okay. Right? So, like, if you call in and said, well, you know, I had something similar to this one, a stub my toe. Yeah. You know, she's not going to be, it wasn't his toe stub. Yeah. You know? But she'll aggregate the four or five that she thinks are most likely. Sometimes it's two or Mm -hmm. three. And she'll present them with the videos, present those videos uh, to the the sick person, Mm -hmm. and then they will decide what they think it is, and then they will respond to the people uh, whose videos they got. And sometimes it's just like if it's someone who uh, was having the same symptoms and they were diagnosed with something and they just want to talk to them and hear what they did and how they Mm -hmm. dealt with it, they'll meet face-to-face. Sometimes it's doctors saying, well, I think it's this and this is what we do. You should come and see me. Mm -hmm. We'll pay for everything, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm reading this. I'm watching this, and all I'm thinking is like, what a great idea. Yeah. Right? But who the fuck are you? To limit it to one person a week mm-hmm. for, you know, a seven episode arc or whatever it is. Everyone should have the opportunity to do this. Mm-hmm. So what you're going to do, guys, before Netflix does it, you are going to open a portal, a site that's basically the diagnosis show, but for everybody. Okay. So anyone who wants a diagnosis can go online, go into the site, tippy tappy. All these amateur doctors out there, in the same way that people, you know, people love that house show. You know, they love pathologies. They love finding out pathologies. You know, the people who love uh, uh, real crimes, mm-hmm. you know, like the people who play detective on, on cold cases, trying to track down serial killers and murderers. They love it. They yeah. love it. This is the same thing, but for medical stuff. Yeah. And people will answer your questions, and they will shoot you messages, and you will look at them, and if you think you're you're down with it, you'll get back to them, and all for a small fee. Mm-hmm. And if you're having 300 million people a month coming onto your site, yeah, you're making a shit ton of money. Shit, yeah. Shit. Shit ton of money. Yeah. You'll have people all over the world. It's just, I think, solid, solid cash. Yeah, that's fantastic. That is big buckaroos. Uh, you know what I... Have you ever heard of TikTok? <clears throat> yes. I had only heard about it, basically, of someone making fun of it. It's like Vine. I guess. But uh, someone I know uh, has a business in the socials. And was saying how huge that is. And I'm like, what? That's actually big? And they're like, oh, TikTok is massive. And it's growing by something like 50 million users a month. Mm-hmm. It, it, like, it was something astounding. Uh, yep, that's a Chinese company. Really? Yeah, and they're collecting all of your information. Oh. There, there you, you, know, you know, Chinese social media sites like TikTok, mm-hmm. they are required by law in China to have a room set aside 
for the police mm-hmm. who just sit there and go through everybody's shit. Yeah. All I'm saying. I wouldn't doubt that Facebook's got a <coughs> room that cops can come to. If you, if you, well, I don't use Facebook either anymore. Yeah. So when our haters and our uh, our fact checkers reach out, they come to me. Reach out. You know, I don't know about it till you tell me about it. Yeah, that's right. You guys, if you want to raise some money and help Josh get a Facebook account, you can. You can go to <laughs> RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. Go to the Get Rich Quick with Josh Knowles show page. Hit the sponsor button and pledge an amount. Half that money go to Josh and I. Help Josh get an account. Half that money goes to Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, if you're like, no, Josh, stay away from the medias. We have daughters on those medias. Uh Wow. <laughs> wow. You can. You can keep Josh away by going to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org, hitting the pledge button, pledging them out. All that money goes to Radio Free Brooklyn. None of that money goes to Josh or I. So Josh stays a Luddite, and your daughter stays safe. You get to feel good because you're, human you're supporting the arts, you're supporting community radio, and you also get a tax break because... Radio Free Brooklyn's a 501c3. If you want to support us in other ways, you can download the app iOS or Android. We've got a Radio Free Brooklyn app. Uh, you can listen to the station live. You can listen to all the archives of all the shows. Uh, what else can you do? You can listen to the uh, you get the, the, the newsletter you can subscribe to. You can uh, Radio Free Brooklyn now. Uh, if you want to make a podcast, uh, you can... Do it at Radio Free Brooklyn. They rent out the studios with an engineer. It's very competitive. It's very good setup. Uh, and you can do that, you guys. And thanks for letting us plug everything that we could plug. We give th- we give you another way to get even more rich. Every week we have a topic. This week it's crowds. And then that topic, we give you four fantastic schemes. Not enough, not enough, not enough. Josh scours the internet for another little way for you to get another little rich. So, Mr. Josh, please take it away. The Get Rich Quick Tip of the Week, brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. The second reason why you should never go to school to become an entrepreneur is because you only go to school to read books. It might sound ridiculous, but it's absolutely true. Most people will say, well, Daniel, I go to school because I want an alumni association, or I want to socialize, or I want to meet girls or boys or whatever it is, right? But the fact is that the reason why you really go to school is to read books. When you go to school, your professors wield their heavy textbooks, and they say, well, open up to page 189 and tell me what we should know about this subject. And of course, we go through discussion and we learn a lot. You see, if you're able to think introspectively and really understand that you can get those books on your own and more, then you'll take your own education into your own hands and be able to control where your mind is directed. He picked up a book called The Dictionary. (laughs) Yeah, and And, he read Alumni. Alumni. (laughs) What an idiot. Daniel Alley, come on. Uh, we should have a duel one day. We should. We should. We should. We should have. Is it fair, though, it's two against one? He can bring up some other video guy, some other YouTube some guy. Some other, yeah. 
Uh, and we'll have a wrestling match. <clears throat> oh, a wrestling match. Yeah. I don't know, Daniel, I showed you that picture of him. He's pretty jacked nowadays. Yeah. He's pumping iron. Yeah. You know. We'll take him. I'm a fat guy with, with terrible <laughs> reflux. You know what I mean? Like with terrible my, reflux. My superpower is I'll spit up acid on him. Yeah. My, I'll spit up stomach acid on yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll get gas. Yeah. You'll just you'll whimper in yeah. a corner. Yeah. You ever been in a fight? Uh, when I was a little kid. But like a like a like a slappy kid fight or like a full on real like duking it out till sure. you you're, you're either one of you is busted open or you're both panting on the ground cuz you're so exhausted. Never been in a fight where we've gotten busted open. Right. You never yeah. been in an adult fight. No, I used to bartend and sometimes things would get a little physical but uh <clears throat> luckily, you know, There'd always be people jumping in, right? Basically, I always bartended at, like, small places. Mm -hmm. So all the regulars would basically be, like, falling over themselves when there was a fight to try and break it up in hopes of getting free drinks and thanks. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, if someone's starting a fight with you as the bartender in a bar, it's because they're really drunk and they aren't as smooth as they think, and mm-hmm. everything they do you see coming like a right. mile away. <laughs> it's amazing how how you can how bad a fight or a drunk person is. Yeah, like how slow it all is. Yeah, it really is like. Wah. Yeah, exactly. And you can just basically step out of the way. Uh-huh. The regular yeah. stands up and <laughs> starts beating yeah. them up, and you got to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, it's all good until they start throwing shit. Yeah. It's easy peasy until they start throwing yeah. shit. When I'm, yeah, I've never been there for that. You guys, crowds, how we going to get you rich? I'm going to tell you, crowds. One thing I think of when I think of crowds is crowd control, right? As we said, crowds can be scary, and nobody believes this more than the government. They do not want you massing with any aims, <laughs> they don't. They do not want you massing with any aim. Yeah, they don't. Any. That's true. Uh, <clears throat> just disrupts too much shit, man. Sure. Uh, they spend massive amounts of money on uh, crowd control. How much? Huh. I couldn't find an overall figure, but <coughs> let this be an indicator. The city of Cleveland spent over $20 million in crowd control for the 2016 Republican Convention wow. alone. So Did that's one event in one city. So you remember recently the Proud Boys went to Portland yeah, and they created a big kerfuffle with their march. Yeah. Um, and there was some audio that came out with the interview or, or a conversation with the new leader of the Proud Boys after Gavin McInnes left. Uh, Trump or Pence? could you imagine trump could you picture trump walking around in a skin tight yellow and black uh uh, polo shirt you know Uh with with his proud boys hat on yeah it's nauseating i can nauseating i can can picture it the problem with trump is he couldn't be a leader because he would never actually hit somebody he'd send someone to hit somebody trump's a pussy yeah he'd stay in the back and be like do it go hit him go hit that guy um Anyway, they have him. He's said very clearly that the whole reason they go to Portland is to force Portland to spend millions of dollars protecting them uh-huh. to basically drive the mayor 
out of power. Ugh. So every time they go there and cause this thing, you know, and all the counter-protesters, because it's usually like 30 or 40 of them, and uh-huh. then like 3,000 counter-protesters oh, show up. It's probably a lot more than 3,000. Along with, you know, several hundred Antifa guys yeah. or people um, show up. And then immediately the cops have to protect the whole thing. They have to barrier the whole thing. Yeah. And so it costs three to six million dollars every time. It costs Portland three to six million dollars every time one of these parades runs through. Yep. So it's a lot of money, man. Yeah. So there's a lot of money out there in crowd control. Uh, The police and military are constantly coming up with new methods of crowd control. Right. And we've talked about a lot of them. They've got the brown tone. That is alleged to be out there, right? Where I, they I, a big truck co- pulls up and uh-huh. plays a, 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 a sound that a is note. specifically tuned to make you crap your pants. Yeah, the brown note. Uh, there's rubber bullets. There's nets. There's glue guns. There's barricades. Bean bags. Bean bags. Yeah, bean bag shot. Okay. It's like rubber bullet. It's like a rubber bullet, but softer, I guess. Yeah, it doesn't. Like a rubber bullet could theoretically still, like, if it hit you in the eye, it could kill you. Yeah. But this is like they're they're little bean bags and they're filled with hard beans and yeah. it shoots out of a shotgun and it just knocks the wind out of you. Okay. Yeah, there's there's tons of ways. There's, you know, tear gas, there's so many things. Um most of them seem to be aimed at stopping people from going somewhere or making them wanna leave the area, right? Mm-hmm. You you gas the area, people are out of there. Uh, you you fence them in. You make people crap themselves. They're like, I got to get home. You put up a barrier or a net. You, they can't go forward, right? right? Uh, so if we want to make some of that sweet, sweet crowd control money, we need to come up with a better way, right? So let's examine crowds a little bit. Uh, there's two main types of crowds, depending on how you classify but, th- but for our purposes, this one works. This is uh, one of the sociology uh, definitions of crowds is there's active crowds, a.k.a. mobs, uh, which aren't always mobs, but, but <clears throat> that includes mobs, and passive crowds, a.k.a. audiences. Uh, so sometimes mobs act out because <clears throat> of the reason they've gathered there, like a protest or, you know, to, to vent some sort of anger or emotion uh sometimes passive crowds turn into mobs right if the band doesn't show up for a concert or mm-hmm. something like that didn't that happen in canada with uh, uh guns and roses or axel rose i don't know there was a big thing where he didn't show like he didn't come out for like two hours Ugh. and everyone like lost their mind and then he came out and they were just screaming and booing at him and uh-huh. he sang one song and split and the crowd rioted really yeah Welcome to the jungle. Oh, yeah. Sweet child of mine. <laughs> yeah. Followed up. <laughs> Let's write a whole story just using Guns N' Roses lyrics. Uh, I used to love her. <laughs> I had a killer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, why don't we focus on trying to turn active crowds into <clears throat> passive crowds? Mm. Right? Uh, so when I first started thinking about this, how could I do it? The only thing that came into my head, which isn't at all correct for this, but was shock and awe, right? Uh, 
But those were massive bunker buster <clears throat> bombs right. uh, designed to scare people. What if we set out to make people say, ah. Instead of all? Not got shock it. and awe. Shock and awe. Shock and awe. Okay. As an ooh and awe. Yeah, I got right? you. Uh-huh. So we're going to make a crowd-controlled device that's going to send up a massive hologram. Uh, you've seen those holograms of like the the Japanese pop singers and things like that, right? I haven't, but I get what you're saying. Right? So they now do things where they make whole concerts now in Japan that are holograms. Really? Yeah. Uh, and it's like, yeah, uh, anime star uh-huh. bands. Wow. Um, you haven't heard of that? No. I thought you've mentioned it before. Not me. Mm-hmm. I've probably mentioned holograms. Like they, I, I remember there was someone who did like a duet with uh, Tupac. Okay. On, yeah. Or, yeah. Or they that had was a actually, big one. They had done a Tupac concert. Yeah. Where they basically used a hologram of him. Yeah. But uh, like like bits and pieces, little things, nothing like as as apparently as as uh, as often. Yes, it's a, it's a thing in now in Japan, right? Yeah. So you're gonna make one uh, that sends up a massive hologram. You're gonna make it fantastic, uh, and it's gonna be something like maybe you know. Like an extra scene after the credits type thing from Game of Thrones that's a game-changing scene, right? You're going to put something up there that everyone's got to watch. Right, that just breaks the, they breaks the moment. They're yeah, like it, the... it's going to be a tag for the whole Breaking mm-hmm. Bad series that just, here's a scene that you never thought that happened that changes the game, yeah. right? Uh, or like some big musician doing a concert type mm-hmm. thing. Uh so you are gonna turn that mob into an audience passive from active mm-hmm. and possibly, you know, maybe lead them away in a Pied Piper mm-hmm. type way. Maybe you're just working to break the momentum. Mm-hmm. That's uh, all you need to do, break the momentum. Yeah. But uh that's <laughs> what you're gonna do. No one's gonna get hurt. People are gonna be entertained mm-hmm. and you are going to be because they want to have non-lethal truly non-lethal ways to, yeah, for crowd sure. control because then they don't get sued mm-hmm. that's all the government cares about that's what you, all you got to do is walk in and say look if we do this you won't get sued yeah ever period a lot of money in that a lot nice one it's funny you mentioned crowds and concerts no porque what is one of the most horrible things that happens in crowds these days. In crowds these days? Yeah. People getting shot. That's right. Ugh. You're absolutely right. And it's a problem. Yes, it's a problem. A big problem, particularly in this country, but it's not just this country. No. It's happening everywhere. Some version of that. It happened in France. Mm-hmm. Happened in uh, 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 oh, Sweden or Norway. Yeah. It happened in... Uh, and, and even in countries now where they're, you're not getting shot, you may be getting run over. Mm-hmm. People are driving trucks in there. They're running around with machetes and mm-hmm. hammers and things of that nature. It's scary to be part of a crowd, even if it's a peaceful crowd. Yeah. Especially if it's a crowd where you're coming together to take part in a communal experience. Sure. Like a concert. I mean, when you look at Stephen Paddock, the guy who shot all those people in Vegas. Ugh. right? That one kills me. They're all bad. That one was just so momentous. <clears throat> this country. 
he when they when they after he had died after the whole thing they yeah. they went into his computer and they looked at his search history everything on his search history biggest open air concert venues in USA mm-hmm. how crowded does Santa Monica Pier get mm-hmm. um uh, uh and then it's as it went down it sort of got closer and closer to uh you know it, he ended up on that music festival in Vegas right but just because he's the first mm-hmm. to do it on that scale doesn't mean he's going to be the last. Oh, no. Once no, someone no. opens the door yeah. for that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that door is open. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know? yes. Columbine, yeah. school shooting, and then that's just the rage now, right? Everyone shoots up kids in a school. Mm-hmm. That's just what you do if you're a disgruntled teenager. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm like, well, so now how, how do you make people feel safe if you're going to Coachella, for instance, mm-hmm. I mean, which is a huge venue for multiple days, how do you make people safe at uh, uh, a governor's ball? How do you make people safe at Afropunk? These are huge shows mm-hmm. that last for multiple days that sell millions and millions and millions of dollars in tickets. Yeah. They have huge stars up on stage, mm-hmm. and they're just open there for anyone to shoot them down. Yeah. Well, Noel. Uh, Rice University and MIT have developed a ballistics material that is 20 nanometers thick. Okay. So a water molecule is one nanometer wide. Okay. A water molecule. So you can imagine how thin that is. Super. It's also uh, completely see-through. Okay. Um, It's made out of a structured polymer composite that they alternate rubbery and glassy layers, and it absorbs kinetic energy from high-impact assaults. What that means is they did a test on it where they shot a 9-millimeter bullet into this polymer, Uh and it stopped the bullet, but not only did it stop the bullet... It sealed up around the now embedded bullet. What that so what it what happens is when it's hit, uh-huh. it melts into a liquid and then hardens immediately. Okay. So it melts it and then hardens and mm-hmm. so it just stop literally stops it. It doesn't hit and bounce off. Mm-hmm. If there's shrapnel or something like that, it's caught in the middle of the air. It's completely see through, and it's I mean as thin as paper. Mm-hmm. I guess, if you're looking at it like that, you're going to build giant tents out of this polymer. No one's going to... This is like top secret shit. Mm -hmm. The tents are going to be installed. No one's going to know they're there. So no one's going to be like... So all these shooters who are planning on just going up into a tower and bang, 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 they're going to shoot like crazy. Their bullets are going to get stopped. Mm -hmm. The people in the tent aren't even going to know they're not even going to know that they're being shot at. And the music's so loud, they don't hear the bangs. The bullets don't break anything. Mm-hmm. They just get caught, caught, caught. You're going to charge a fucking fortune. A lot for of money. This. Yeah. A fortune for this. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're going to be really rich. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. And you're going to save some folks. You guys, 
Uh, if you want to reach out to Josh and tell him what a great idea that was, you can get him on Facebook at GRQ Josh Knoll. Uh, you can email him, which if you want to talk to Josh is the best way to go about it. <laughs> that's all he checks. That's all I check. Yeah. Uh, at GRQ with Josh and Noel at uh, gmail.com. Get Facebook at Facebook slash GRQ Josh Noel. You can go on iTunes, subscribe, rate, review, <clears throat> anywhere where you get a podcast. As a matter of fact, if you only listen to us in podcast form, we implore you. Tune in, Radio Free Brooklyn, Saturday nights, 8 o'clock. Get the schemes 5 dude for anyone else. Get there early, listen to Art Star Scene. Stick around later and listen to some sort of rerun after us. Uh, you guys, uh, you got a lot of money in your pockets. You got to do something with it. Josh found ways for you to get rid of that money. Josh, take it away. The inventor of the Spide corkscrew, Frank Spide, claims that for the connoisseur, opening a bottle of fine wine is similar to a Japanese tea ceremony. Our corkscrew is like a work of art, and it can open wine in a far more elegant way. If you'd like to open your wine in the most artistic way possible, it'll set you back about $78,000. It's made up of 52 pieces of aviation-grade titanium and features an 18-karat gold ring. The corkscrew uses a dual action mechanism which allows it to easily uncork any bottle. It's presented in a veneered palm tree box and the inside is finished with chagrin and crystal. They'll even engrave your name on the case at no charge. What a bargain! You, that stopped you in your tracks. That is. I'm pretty numb to these at, these, <laughs> at this point, and that one threw me for a loop. It really did. $78,000 bottle opener was the one that got through to you. That's right. You know, Josh and I know how great our ideas are and how financially worthy they are but you how do you know that our ideas are good enough to take out loans empty your savings account sell your home leave your family spend your children's college funds how do you know it's because josh scours the internet for rules getting which quick to which we judge our schemes by where they come from this week uh today's tips top 10 secrets of getting rich by philip e humbert okay uh number one noel yeah Specify your results. Specify your results, right? Uh, ask a crowd. Take the average. Ask your own inner crowd, and you will get the right answer. Mm-hmm. Number two, yeah. live below your means. Live <clears throat> below, below your means. Your means, right, you guys? It's the streets. Take it to the streets. That's right. Right? You want it? You want to sell? Break up crowds. There you go. That's right. <laughs> I that, don't know about that. That worked great. Yeah, well, it worked uh, great. So we're two for two, we're Noel, two which for means two. we're definitely getting rich. Yeah. So once again, for Josh. And Noel, don't spend all that knowledge in one place.